can't believe that my cousin Vinny is like the the pinnacle bar. Yeah, yes. like the bar. The bar. That they set. Get it? Do you get it? <laughs> yeah, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> hey there, I'm Jordan, and I'm Nick. We're just two regular guys who love talking about film, and now we'd like to talk to you. We decided to break down our discussions into three parts because everyone loves a gimmick. We discuss our expectations for a film before we watch it. That's take one. We give our immediate thoughts following the film. That's take two. And finally, we research the film at length to prepare for an informed and in-depth discussion. And that's take three. So if you love film even half as much as we do, join in on the conversation. This is Take Three, a movie podcast. Take one. It's so great to see you. Oh, thanks. It's incredible to see you. I wish I could say the same. It's like a miracle to see Jesus. Do you have any idea what this movie's even about? No. No, I, I remember. The, the, this is stupid. There's a Rick and Morty joke about it. He got like the extended version of this movie. The whole joke is that he's like, oh, there's a miracle on First Street. Oh, and there's another miracle right over there on Second Street. And look, on Third Street, there's a miracle too. And it like goes through all of the streets. Um <laughs> But like to that point, I genuinely can never remember what street the miracle happens on in this movie. So I probably won't say the correct one. Uh, you just said it and I've forgotten about it now. Miracle on 66th Street. Miracle on Saks Fifth Avenue. I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> I have not seen this movie, but I hear about it all the time. I did not know that there were two of these movies until you had brought it to my attention. But the there's one multiple. Was- there's not just two. I think that it's been redone a couple times remade or like sequels oh like remade oh i didn't know that. as far as i know i don't know that there are necessarily sequels to it i just know that this movie that we're gonna watch is old i see i don't know if it's the oldest movie that we've ever done but it's one of the older ones i don't know i don't know exactly when it came out but then i know that there's like a 90s one and because it has mara wilson in it i thought that that's the one that you were gonna want to watch which, I thought that, that was the only one. I thought I thought that was the movie. Oh no! So I mean, like, we should probably like focus on the classic at least at first to watch. But there's, you know, obviously no rules here. You can watch all of them. You do not have to twist my arm to watch a Christmas movie. Though I will say, I immediately take that back because I can't do the Hallmarky movies. Well, I know that like the first one is a celebrated classic. People love yeah. it. I don't know. I'm I, I'm not super drawn to a lot of the older sentimental Christmas movies. Like it's a wonderful life and like, Oh, that one's actually a good one. I I mean, it is, it is. It's just, I'm just not drawn to stuff like that. I like Christmas movies that feel like there's like a modern spin or like a horror spin or (laughs) something, you know, like something like that. So I've never seen this movie. I know at least the first one is held in very high regard. Well, good. Hopefully we agree. Yeah. I don't, hopefully. If not, I'm coming after you. I'm sorry. You had me pick one. I figured I'd not seen this, but I, you know, it's a classic. I'm sure we'll enjoy it. I mean, is it in black and white? Is it that old? The original? I truly don't know. It very well could be. I guess we'll find out. It's a, This is a very rare opportunity where we're doing a movie that neither of us have seen. Yeah. Which I think is fun. I love doing that. I love when that happens. So, Very fun. Cool. Okay, well, there's not much to say because we've not seen it. So, yeah.
All right. I hope it's miraculous. <laughs> there better be a miracle or I'm going to be upset. There better be some numbered streets <laughs> who are going to raise hell. Day two. So I just learned prior to recording this that you didn't watch the second movie. I didn't think I was supposed to. I thought we were just doing the first one and then we do like other versions maybe for take three. Maybe I missed that during the take one, but I watched both. <laughs> well, okay. So I would like you to tell me whether or not I should watch the 1990 something one. The remake is insane. It is kind of a crazy movie and I think you should watch it. Like it's different than the original. Like, the base story is there, but I think that, like, the suspension of disbelief works so much better when it's a movie made in the 40s than it does <laughs> to a movie that's made in the 90s. Right. And I think that just makes the 90s movie just a little bit unhinged and kind of crazy. Uh, I watched that one first, and I was like, this movie is donkers. <laughs> But watching the original, I was like, okay, I can see the source material now. It makes much more sense. It works better, I think, as the original. Uh, but the framework is all kind of there. It's all it's all pretty much the same movie. I will say <laughs> that Mara Wilson is par for the course adorable. Like, no one ever doubted that for a second. I think she is fantastic in this movie. And is it Dylan McDermott? Dean McDermott? What's his name? I don't know who, who plays... Who is it? But you know a McDermott. What's yeah, his name? Yeah, there's a Dylan McDermott. He exists. Is there a Dean McDermott? Probably. All this to say he's just very handsome. And he was gorgeous in this movie. Dylan McDermott. Dylan McDermott. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, something I want to say about the original is that that too is sort of a weird movie. <laughs> I'll never understand movies where the adults don't believe in Santa Claus. It's like, yes, like where do you think these these presents come from then? I don't think any children listen to our podcast. Actually, funny story. My sister-in-law has a three-year-old. I have a three-year-old nephew, four-year-old nephew. Four-year-old? He's four, right? Four-year-old nephew. And she said that she was listening to our podcast in the car and she was like, oh, I had to turn it off. You guys swear too much. And I was like, oops, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, but so we're we're doing uh these movies we uh just recorded for behind the scenes and uh we're recording for this and both of these movies i'm like do not show these movies to your children because both the original miracle and the newer miracle both have that same like like people are just openly acknowledging that santa is not real and it's it was jarring to me. Okay, but yeah, like that is not good for children to see. But I guess you know they kind of reveal like, oh yeah, he is Santa Claus at the end. So, yeah. but the idea that like it's the same thing with the movie The Santa Claus, like with Tim Allen. It's like people are saying, oh, Santa Claus isn't real. As an adult, you should know whether or not Santa Claus is real because if he is truly real you don't have to do shit for christmas but you would know that yeah like you would yeah. you you he would come into your house like that's the thing like it, it's always weird like adults being like surprised about santa it's like santa clearly <laughs> operates differently in these movies another point and this is this is a horrible but this little girl in the first one yeah she is so adorable and so great, and I hope nothing mm -hmm. ever mysterious or bad happens to her. What happened to her? What are you about to tell me? What happened? That's Natalie Wood. Oh. 
Is it really? Yes. Oh my God. That's crazy. So if you guys don't know, <laughs> something really mysterious and awful did happen to Natalie Wood. And uh, I don't want to talk about it. You guys, you can just look it up. Just Google Natalie Wood. I for sure know about it. So you guys should do your research. You do. We talked about this before. Oh, she was on the boat. Yeah. So I think that even though you say that the 90s one is bonkers, I think that I might maybe enjoy that one still because, okay, my problem with this movie is a problem I have with many movies that came out around that time. I think that there's a degree of subtlety that was not prevalent in acting at this time. You mean in the 40s? Yes. Gotcha. It doesn't feel realistic. Like the way that some of these people act is over the top to me. And I think that that's completely valid. And I'm sure that worked and was believable in that time. But like, because we have performances now that are just different, it's sort of jarring. Yeah. The way that people communicate and like, it sounds like they're almost yelling and <laughs> it's just very different. I also feel like there was like a 20s to 50s like accent that I feel like we don't have anymore. Totally. I'm actually dying for you to watch the remake. I definitely will. It was a cute story. I actually um, watched it with my mom. Nice. I watched the first one with my mom and she enjoyed it. She's just all about Christmas movies and <laughs> any way to get her off of Hallmark. It's like great. Yeah, good for you. Yes. You're a good son. I try my hardest. <laughs> one thing that I think is interesting was our last take three episode the My Cousin Vinny and Legally Blonde one? Casper. Oh, we did Casper bef- between that. So both of these movies, the uh, 40s one and the 90s one, of course, have that court scene. And it made me very curious to know. Do you remember the guy, the really handsome oh, guy that yeah. we brought up for that one? I was like, he, I would be so upset if he did not have a video covering at least one of these movies. I'm sure. So I'm sure he's got, there's gotta be something out there. And I hope he just rips it to shreds. Oh, I just, I am dying to know how he feels about this. I'm curious to know if that would stand up in court. Like, yeah, I think in the moment it was like, wow. Okay. So many people do consider him Santa Claus. I guess that is grounds for it to be a you know legal in court or whatever Mm -hmm. but i don't know if that's complete bullshit or not (laughs) right like of all of my legal television and movie knowledge santa claus is nowhere in there so (laughs) or like the debate of his existence like it's so weird it is strange i will say one one thing that i really admired i don't specifically remember if this happened in the 90s version but in the 40s one when they bring up the kid to the witness stand and he's like, yeah, I know he's real because daddy told me he was. And it's like, the dad is the one who's, uh, what's the word? Um, prosecution. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like he's like on the opposite side. They like brought up the prosecutor's son and, and that one line, it's like, yeah, because daddy told me he was real. And it's like, what a way to shut down his whole case. Bam. Something that my mom actually pointed out is that Fred, from I Love Lucy, like Fred and Ethel, Lucy's best friend is that's is yeah. Ethel and her husband. Um, he is the guy that's he's like trying to tell the judge, like, 
you can't rule that Santa Claus isn't real. Like, how is that going to play in the news and stuff? And there's all these weird, like, close-ups to him. And he's just looking at the judge, like, shaking his head or shaking his (laughs) finger. It's just very, like, some of the techniques that were used back then are just, again, it's not worse or better. I think that there are a ton of people that say that the best movies ever made were movies back then. Right, right. You know, I just, as someone who grew up with, the movies of today, I it's a little bit again. It, it's a it's just different. Yeah, I feel similarly. Do you remember when we did? I feel like Rear, Rear Window, Window is like yeah, the oldest yeah. one we've done. Rear Window and Wizard of Oz. Oh yeah, it, it comes off as cheesy now, and I'd be curious to know if it did come off as cheesy back then. But like, probably not. One thing that happened in both movies, I think it's it's what sort of sparked the trial or the hearing, I think, I think in the movie they specified, this is not a trial. It's a hearing or whatever. Is that the whole thing started because Santa attacked someone. Yeah. And I'm like, hold on. <laughs> like, I would have totally assumed that Santa was a pacifist. And like, I think in the second movie, they made an attempt to make it seem like an accident. If I can remember correctly, which I think was the right thing to do. But like in, in the original, he full on like knocks someone out with his cane. And I'm like, that's not Santa. That was really funny. Ugh. This is a very strange movie. That was the Macy's psychiatrist, right? Yeah. That yeah. was okay. That was so <laughs> weird for one too. Like he was an asshole. Like he was mad for like no reason. And then, <laughs> The test, the psychiatric test that Macy's runs is so stupid. And like, it just seemed weird that that's something that you can just ask people or that those are things that you could just talk to people about. I don't know. It was very strange. (laughs) I think both movies have some charm. I think the original is much more charming than the remake. Uh, But I am dying to know your thoughts on the remake. It is quite a time totally in my opinion i think we've talked about this is that like sappy christmas movies just don't really do much for me as an adult yeah i would much rather there be a degree of like someone falling off of a tower or like machine guns and stuff yeah yeah (laughs) no i mean like action or horror or like comedy like not taking itself so seriously like i feel like these movies are very sappy so eh, i'm not you know, like the movie that we just did is probably going to come out after this one. I like that movie better. <laughs> None of these movies are fantastic, to be honest, in my opinion. But I think they're fun to talk about and they're fun movies. And they're both like all three of them are kind of goofy in their own ways. Oh, are you talking about the remake in the... Yeah, I'm talking... 1940s and the 90s movie of Miracle. I'm just going to bleep out every time you say the... have fun editing all of this out of this episode i'm literally (laughs) you have no idea what you've just done take three i think your christmas tree might give me a seizure oh now suddenly you don't like it no i do it's just like i it's very pretty and i want to look at it but it is just going buck wild right now it is very flashy <laughs> like it is quite aggressive did you did we bring it up in take two we, i don't know we've done a bunch of takes lately i don't know what episode or when it is or at some point we talk about the tree but he has a tree he has flashing bulbs now yeah they are 
particularly flashy. They're aggressive. Yeah. It's nice though because when I when I go to sleep at night because it's in another room, I do see the lights like on the walls and it kind of looks like a fireplace or something. Um so I don't mind them. I like them a lot. Well, I'm glad you do cuz yeah. they're 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 very pretty. So we're talking about Miracle Whip. Miracle Whip. Yes. Yeah. Not a big fan. <laughs> I guess I always thought that that was mayonnaise, but then somebody told me recently that it wasn't mayonnaise. I think it's spread is what they call it. I don't I don't know the difference. But I didn't, don't really eat mayonnaise. I don't know. I'm not a mayonnaise person or a Miracle Whip person. <clears throat> miracle Whip. Oh, cool Whip person. No, what movie are we doing? Or what? Miracle on 43rd Street. That might be what you're doing. Uh, all of my research is on Natalie Wood. Good. And the boat. Good. <laughs> so. <laughs> good, good, good. Let's hear some numbers. So this is kind of lackluster because at least on the first one, uh, the George Seaton 1947 one, it, it cost $630,000, but I could not find anything on its box office aside from like, I think like $2.5 million that it made in rentals. And <laughs> honestly, the source for that, when I found that, the source for that was like an old newspaper that had been digitized. Wow. Yeah, it's not on Box Office Mojo. It's not on the Numbers.com or whatever. Like all any of those box office sites, they just didn't have any information on it. So I was like, okay, this no movie seems like the kind of movie that would just like appear out of nowhere, and people just sort of accept that it exists. <laughs> and like maybe there's no source for it. Maybe there's no like director or anything. I know there is, but like it seems like the kind of movie that just. No one would bat an eye if it just sort of appeared in the zeitgeist. So you're arguing that this movie did not come in 1947, but like somewhere around like maybe 2003 or four, we were just like, hey, there is a movie called Miracle on 17th One of the streets. One of the avenues. Um, Where do I know 17th Street from? I don't know. I think that's like like a store. Do you still live there? No. I think that's a store. 17th street yeah i've never heard of that it's like a surf store or something okay keep going i interrupted you (laughs) oh okay you're right you're right very good point uh so i do have the information that the remake in 1994 that was directed by uh les mayfield he actually also directed flubber you like flubber (laughs) a classic oh i miss flubber did you see encino man long time ago but yes he directed that to the the only reason I even like know what that is is because Brendan Fraser and Kihoi Kwan both won an Oscar the same year, and they were both in that movie. For Encino Man? No, they won Oscars. They were in both, separate movies. Yeah, they won Oscars for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, and The Whale. But not the same year that Encino Man came out. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like they were both in this movie. And they both have Oscars? And they both went on to win... Oh, Oscars in the same year. Yeah. I see what you mean. And they were both in this movie, and they both had, like, tumultuous Hollywood careers, and... Wait a second, I thought... Oh, my God. I thought this was a John Hughes film. Huh? I'm... I would bet... He produced it. Oh. I see. Yeah, Les Mayfield directed it. Never mind. Sorry. Apologies. Never mind. I mean, that's that's a fun fact that John Hughes produced this movie. He's a guy that's done some stuff. He has a guy. Mm hmm He is a guy. I'm seeing a couple of different numbers for the box office for this one as well. The most frequent one seems to be about $46 million worldwide. It's not a lot. Well, I don't know. I mean, this movie came out almost 30 years ago now. Do you think that, like, I can imagine Christmas movies 
their maybe not box office numbers, but like when at, does it? Is there any point where they the that number just ends where they stop counting? So unless there's like a full on re release in theaters, it, it just counts for its. The original run. theatrical run when it comes to, you know, its box office. You know, if it does well on rentals and the ancillary market, like on DVDs and crap like that, that's not added into the box office number. Those numbers sometimes do get released, but more often than not, it's like much harder to tabulate that kind of thing. Yeah. I just think it's interesting because I feel like Christmas movies specifically, because there's a market for it every single year. Totally. That like rentals or, you know. Oh yeah. I mean, there's no arguing. It's like one of the most popular Christmas movies of all time. Yeah. I think I'm just curious to know, I, I'm sure there's no way to know this, but like how much it's made throughout the years. A lot. Yeah. I'm sure it's made a lot. <laughs> So, <laughs> what? no, I'm just saying that that's my, that's my in-depth coverage is it. that it, it made a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. We got the deep facts here. So as far as the original goes, I do think it's weird that it came out in May, May 2nd of yeah. 1947, which I is odd, too. but this is what's so crazy. And I meant to show you the trailer for this movie before we started recording. Oh, do you want to do that real quick? Okay, just I'm going to play it for you on my phone and I'll cut it out, okay? Okay. This is wild. I encourage everyone to watch the trailer for this movie. It's a wild movie. No. They both are. No, but see, this, you're not, you're not. I'm not ready. It's not that you're not ready. I just don't think that you are. It's not what you think it's going to (laughs) be. Okay. Okay, so when they made this movie, the studio was insistent that more people would go see a movie in warmer weather, so it had to come out in May. So if you notice, there is no reference whatsoever to the fact that it's a Christmas movie. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's like they were hiding it from people. That is so fucking stupid. I'm telling you, like, this movie came from Aliens. (laughs) This movie, it, it came down and just, it brainwashed all of us into thinking that this was... That is that is like even more proof that I think that this movie just didn't exist it's until a, it did. Yeah, it was like inserted into our brains. Yeah, you know what? Like on Buffy, um, Dawn. Yeah, exactly. This movie is Dawn. This movie is Dawn. This yeah. movie dawned on all of us. <laughs> Truly, <laughs> you had to ruin it, didn't you? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I made this amazing fun. comparison. <laughs> You shit all over it. Oh, it's so bizarre. I'm uh, like, boy, have we come so far. Yeah. But please, everyone, just watch that trailer and be like, what does that have to do with the fucking movie? Is it really that funny? No. No. So I, so I was going to say. It's I, kind of romantic, I guess. It's delightful in a way, but like. I was going to make comments as it was playing, but I was like, no, you're going to cut this out so no one's going to hear it. As soon as that came up, I was like. No, it wasn't hilarious. Yeah. Like, this is not a funny movie. It had funny moments, but I would not call it a hilarious movie. No. That's so weird. <laughs> oh, and it's groovy. Like, <laughs> no. Very strange. It almost had to convince us that it was groovy. It was sort of like, no, really. It's groovy. Yeah. What's groovy about it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Quite strange. Yeah. So I know that I've told you this already, but I'm going to talk about it on here. That I did watch the remake. I'm dying to hear what you thought about it so here's the thing to make my point i need to tell you the rotten tomato scores of both movies first one has a 96 on rotten tomatoes everyone loves it oh my second one has a 60 
I think these oh. movies, I think these movies are like wholly similar. Like, I mean, I yeah. understand that the story is very similar, but like quality wise, I really don't see a huge difference when it comes to one or the other. I think that maybe Miracle on 34th Street, 1947, was more like groundbreaking when it came out. So maybe that's why it got so much love and Oscar buzz and all that kind of stuff. And just because the remake was a retread, maybe it's not as beloved. But I really was just like, I feel the same way I do about this one as I yeah. do with that one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I There were even things that the remake added in that I appreciated. Like he's the dad on Dexter. Dad on Dexter? Yeah. Michael C. Hall? The dad. On oh, his dad? Yeah. Whatever. I didn't remember. I don't think he had a dad. Oh, because he comes in as a ghost sometimes, Yeah. Right? That guy. What the fuck is his name? I don't remember. I don't know. Okay, but there's this guy and this girl that are consistently trying to, like, fuck with Macy's so that they can be bought out. Yeah. By that Bond villain guy. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm talking about? Vaguely. It's not Macy's. It's Cole's, Cole's. in this one. Yeah. yeah. That, that was weird, too. In that one, they try to get the Santa that that the real Santa got fired at the beginning of the movie yeah. to go and then like try to provoke him into hitting him. And then they're like, Oh, we saw the whole thing. Like that to me was more interesting than Santa just losing his temper and hitting Macy's psychiatrist guy in the first one. Yeah. I thought Natalie Wood did a great job. Mara Wilson. I, I love Mara Wilson. Yeah. She's incredible. It's not like she has like a, ton of range she kind of plays the same character in every movie but she's just delightful i love she her she's she, fantastic she ate she did eight and that's not a comment on her age that's a comment on her performance what i'm saying she's not eight years old i'm saying she ate <laughs> <laughs> left no crumbs <laughs> yes yes i knew that this was gonna happen that i was gonna bounce back and forth between the remake and the original, the remake and the original, it was going to be confusing to me, at least. Are I you, hope it's not confusing to you guys. Are you confused? Yeah, very. So you should talk. So I want you to imagine that it's the mid-70s, and you go to a fortune teller, and they say that someone in your family will die from drowning, and then years later, your own daughter is found dead off the coast of Catalina Island. This is the story of Natalie Wood. Is that what happened? Literally, literally. This is a child actress turned superstar. She grew up with a, f a literal fear of water. I think there was an incident when she was filming some movie back when she was a child where like it was a stunt where she was supposed to fall off like a bridge, like a bridge was supposed to collapse and she fell into water. But during that scene, she like sprained or fractured her wrist or something. And I think that is maybe what sparked it. But her mom literally went to a fortune teller and she was like, Someone in your family is going to be famous, and someone in your family is going to die of drowning. That actually happened. Seriously. Damn. So at 18, Miss Natalie Wood, who is at this point like a very well-established actress, starts dating one Robert Wagner, who is 26 years old, which already a little sketchy. 
but they get married in 1957 and they get divorced a year later and then remarried. They both, they, so like they divorced, split up and then remarried in 1972. They were working on a movie together with Christopher Walken, right? And Robert invited his wife and Walken on a boat trip. And the boat, the yacht was uh, captained by a guy that was a close family friend to the three of them. They were all like this little tight knit group. So there was some suspicions that Wood was becoming infatuated with Christopher Walken. And this made Wagner a little bit. So it's, it's weird because it's Wood, Wagner, and Walken. We're all on a boat. It sounds like the start of a joke or something. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it's not a joke. <laughs> but what, Robert Wagner was also sort of known to be like flirty with some of his other co stars. So yeah. there's a lot of like romantic tension happening. But right. they're all on this boat. It's like a weekend of really heavy drinking. Everyone's drinking. Everyone's like having a good time. But a fight breaks out between Wood and Wagner. And the captain of the ship. Uh, who, again, is good friends with all three of them, asked Walken if he could like go in and check on them. And Walken was like, no thanks, I'm good, I'm not getting in the middle of all that. So he didn't want to get involved. So then the captain took Natalie in a dinghy to like the shore, and they stayed together in a hotel. Now what's weird about this is he said that they had stayed, like in an interview at first, the captain's like, oh no, we were all on the yacht at the, at the same time. Like at the whole time we were all on the yacht. That didn't actually happen because he took her to that hotel and they slept in the same room, which is like sketchy. That's not good. The next morning they returned to the yacht and uh, they wanted to like finish the weekend. So Wood and Walken went to a restaurant for dinner, got hella drunk, then came back and Wagner started fighting with Wood again, and it was like this whole big thing. And some people, like from surrounding boats, were saying, like, oh, we're here. We heard this, like, someone screaming, help me, help me. And, like, they, no one could confirm, like, what was actually happening. But basically, Wagner claims that that night he went down to wish his darling Wood <laughs> a good night, and she was not in her bed according to him in his interview. And then he went back up to tell the captain. He's like, we got to call the Coast Guard. So they call the Coast Guard. No one can find her. And then like six hours later in the morning, her body was found like floating just in the water. They also found the dinghy. And the, the suspicion is that she got super, super drunk because her blood alcohol level was like through the roof when they found her. They think she tried to board the dinghy, couldn't because there apparently were like scratch marks on the dinghy. Like she was trying to get into it. And then just unfortunately drowned. I think she was wearing like a heavy coat that, you know, probably complicated her swimming or whatever. So that was a big deal. However, she had like a bunch of bruises and scratches all over her body. There was no, like they investigated the the part where she would have climbed into the dinghy and found that there was like algae there that was not disturbed that had been there for a while. So it's like, no, she didn't climb in there. So wow. there's a lot of mystery surrounding it. It's still a cold case. However... She's still dead, and no one really knows what happened for sure. And these men were never held accountable. Nope. Damn. Walker. Well, thank you for sharing that Walker, in this Christmas episode. Yeah, Walker, Wagner, and Wood. Sounds Walker, like a, Wagner, and Wood. a lawyer a lawyer agency or something. Totally. I was kidding when I said that that was my only research. That was just a tangent. I do have other stuff. No, that's okay. That's good. I mean, I, I appreciate that you did that. Do you have any other things? I do have other things. They don't have anything to do with Natalie Wood, and they're sort of just... This is just going to be a chaotic take three. Okay. You want me to keep going? Yeah, yeah, you keep going. I only have two other parts, so maybe we can go back and forth. Our friend, the Legal Eagle, we featured him very heavily in our uh, My Cousin Vinny. Oh, and, yeah, our good buddy. Yeah, our good friend. I thought about... Friend um, of the pod. I thought about maybe tagging him and seeing like if he would respond at all. And then I remember in that episode, I said, like, yeah, he's really good looking, but not my type or something like that. And I was like, maybe not. 
bring attention. He's to, like, what? What did you call him? I like, don't remember what um, I said. Boring, handsome, or something like that. Yeah, like everyone looks like this. Every good-looking man looks like this man. He's still beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but I was very disappointed to see that he only had a video on the original. He did not have a video on the remake, and I was dying for a video on the remake because that that whole court scene just felt so chaotic and crazy to me. Yeah, that was kind of dumb. Yeah. 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 I do want to kind of go over some quick notes that he said about the original. I think in his analysis, he did a really good job of both like raising and considering the more like ethical and philosophical dilemmas that this raises. Like, I think he, he made it clear that he understood that this is like a silly kind of crazy movie. And I appreciated that because I too think that Santa fully committed assault and battery in the second degree, which is a felony. As soon as he hit that psychiatrist in the head, he was a felon. (laughs) Like, I still don't understand why they did that. Like Santa's supposed to be like this pacifist guy Super happy, like, not supposed to be naughty. He is, like, the essential (laughs) do-nice. He's a saint, even, I would say. Most would say. But yeah, no, he committed a felony. From what I understand from this legal eagle guy, the state of New York was questioning Chris Kringle and asked a few simple questions and then said, the state rests. He asked him, like, a bunch of ambiguous questions that didn't really mean anything about, like, his identity. It was really not about the assault that had happened. (laughs) (laughs) So he said the state rests, which means he basically was like, okay, I'm done. He didn't intend to bring up any more witnesses or bring up any other evidence to, like, prove his, his, uh, his guilt, I guess. And that's weird because he very well should have brought on the psychiatrist that was assaulted, but he didn't do that. Why? I don't know. And that's weird. Yeah, like if if he straight up committed a felony, why was this just a hearing and not a trial? Right, right. Yeah. And the legal legal guy was kind of sweet. He was like, you know, they probably didn't want to ruin Christmas. And I'm like, okay, but that's still like a dumb premise. I don't know. It's so weird. This essentially gave the defending lawyer every right to end the trial there. He could have been like, okay, if you're rest, if we're done, I don't really think that you've proven that he's guilty at all, so we can be done here. But no, (laughs) that doesn't happen. (laughs) That doesn't happen at all. What he ends up doing is telling the judge, he gets up real close to the judge, and he says, I intend to prove that this man is Kris Kringle, that he is Santa Claus. And I'm like, like, why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. This this could be over. (laughs) Nothing to do. That's basically the direction that the story takes the rest of the movie. It begins to, like, explore this religious and philosophical dilemma about the identity of this man. It, it it no longer becomes about his assault at all. And apparently, like, you're not allowed to bring religious... Like, it's a, it's a thing that... What did he say? Uh, basically, like, Santa Claus, who they call Saint Nick, is technically a religious figure, and courts cannot weigh in on religious decisions, which I guess makes sense. So, like, this whole thing should not have even happened in the first place. That's so weird. This was something funny. Oh, do you know... That this is such an offshoot, but we were always taught that Santa is bad because he's like the secular version of Christmas. In your religious school? school. Yeah, and that's why, uh, like, Santa, obviously, if you move the letters around, it's Satan. It's the devil in disguise. They taught you not to believe in Santa when you were in religious school. So they told us that, like, I mean, I don't remember, like, specifically being told, like, oh, Santa's not real, you know. But it was like a we weren't allowed to like talk about 
Santa and or so bizarre. I, we would decorate our doors, you know, our doors, for yeah, our, our class doors and stuff. It couldn't be anything Santa related, sleigh related, reindeer related. It it had to be nativity scene or or nothing else. It's a miracle that you're functioning right now. <laughs> truly, <laughs> sorry. I just like that. That's a very good point, and it's it's funny though that like. He is Saint Nick. And, yeah, but, I think that was a real <laughs> My thing, school was, was like, fuck him. That's weird. Uh, I did want to point this out because I didn't notice this in the movie, but uh, Legal Eagle pointed out that the kid, like the, the guy's son that they brought on as a witness yeah. was subpoenaed. And I didn't realize <laughs> it at first, but when, so when the prosecutor looks at his wife and she kind of shrugs after the kid takes a stand, she holds up a slip of paper and the legal, legal guy was like, oh yeah, I get, they subpoenaed him. So like they, <laughs> they made sure that he was like, cleared to go on the witness stand amazing which is so funny that's like one of the best parts yeah of the movie, though. i agree i agree so good apparently the prosecutor should have fought harder to prevent his son from testifying that was like he said that was adorable but improper <laughs> um and then from what i can understand he uh the prosecution had two options at this point he could have dropped the case entirely which i think feels like a draw he could have just been like, all right, let's let's just cut this case. We're done. We don't have to do anything else. Yeah. Or he could have conceded and lost. And guess which one he did? <laughs> he just conceded. Yeah. Like, he was like, all right, I guess I'm losing this case when he could have just dropped everything to begin with. It was so bizarre. I feel like I maybe have uh, not painted this to be as, like, happy and cheerful as the legal eagle guy made it to be. You should still watch the video. I'll link it in the description. It's still a very interesting watch, but it was just this whole movie's bonkers. This whole thing is bonkers. I just still can't believe that my cousin Vinny is like the, the, the pinnacle. Bar. Yeah. Yes. Like the bar. The bar. That they get it. Do you get it? <laughs> yeah, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I'm very funny, yeah, and I just hysterical. need you to laugh at me and you, support my Sometimes jokes. I just want to kick you in the head, though. <laughs> but yeah, it's just that's just weird that, and we've also accidentally done so many law movies, like yeah. really close together. It makes me want to go back and our and like look at the other movies we've done to see if uh, there are any other court scenes that we could investigate. You do that. I'll do that, and then you you do your part. Okay, cool. Okay, so again, first one, very celebrated. It won three Oscars, got nominated for four. So that's pretty cool. It got nominated for Best Picture. It won Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Edmund Gwen, who's Santa. It's actually the only time anyone has ever played Santa in a movie and won an Oscar. It's pretty huh. cool. Back in 1948, the writing categories, they were split up differently than they are now. There was a, an award for story and screenplay. So this movie won Best Writing Original Story for uh, Valentine Davies and then Best Writing and Screenplay to George Seaton, who actually also directed the movie. So they both won writing Oscars as well. And it won the Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor and the Golden Globe for best screenplay for George Seaton. I guess that makes sense. This movie's beloved. I'm not so sure why, but like it is beloved. It obviously has like a <laughs> great score. A lot of people found it very compelling back then. I think it helps if you grew up with the yeah, movie. Which yeah, I'm I don't sure. think either of us did. No. 
So I was thinking, okay, well, just judging from what I'm hearing about the remake, I'm not expecting it to have won any awards. But it did get nominated for a Saturn Award. Uh, Richard Attenborough got nominated for his role as Santa. Nice. And it was interesting because, you know, that's really like the Academy of like Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror. And I guess that this movie is technically a fantasy movie, even yeah. though really nothing fantastical happens. I mean, I, like... To a degree, you know, obviously they deemed this man Santa Claus, but like, yeah. I guess it's technically a, a fantasy movie, which I didn't, I hadn't thought about. Yeah, there, um, there's elves. When? Santa, well, maybe not in this movie, but I think just like the theme of Santa Claus and stuff. There's elves. Obviously, Santa Claus is a fantasy. I, I just think it's interesting that this movie falls under that. Oh, instead of like a, like a realistic movie. Drama or something. I yeah. See what you mean. Or just like a. A, a comedy family movie. I don't know. This is interesting. So uh, for the original, both Macy's and Gimbel's were approached by the producers for permission to have them depicted in the film. But both of them wanted to see the finished movie before they would approve that. That's annoying. What yeah. if they said no? Well, that's the thing. If they refused, then they would have had to like reshoot and restructure the movie like parts of it when they're saying those names. They would have to change a lot of stuff. Thankfully, they did not, and they gave their permission. That would have hit their budget a lot if they had to hire a CGI team to to get in and erase those names. You know, <laughs> I just feel like <laughs> I feel like that would have been an absolute pain in the ass to go back no. and be like, we lost it. Yeah, hundred percent. We, we lost the ability to call it Macy's and Gimbel's. But as you know, Macy's did not agree to let them use their name for the remake, and so that's why there's. Kohl's department store, yeah. which when I heard it, I was like, Kohl's? But it's K O L E S. K O H. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ooh. I see, you know what? My favorite thing about K O H L S is not, I mean, they have a bunch of nice stuff, but it's really overpriced, I yeah. think. That's why they give you a million, they drown yeah. you in coupons and discounts. And it's, and it's always like, I don't know, this bookmark is $95 and it's 75% off or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, but uh, that's where I return a lot of my Amazon packages. <laughs> I'm not knocking Kohl's. I, yeah. no, I'm I, very yeah. much a Kohl's shopper, like 100%. Kohl's. Yeah. And what's so interesting is that the parade in this movie is actually the macy's thanksgiving day parade and like edmund gwen actually played santa in that parade oh wow yeah and so like if they i mean there had to be some agreement there oh i also saw that uh valentine davies the person that wrote the film said that he was out shopping for a christmas present for his wife and saw like all these people all the crowds and all the craziness and all that stuff and thought like what would santa claus think of this and that's where the emphasis for the film came oh from. cool okay yeah like that's where he came up with the story what works best about this movie is like the scenes where you see how santa is reacting to our capitalistic yeah. society mm -hmm. i love it when he's talking to the kids and oh fuck I was going to, I just, okay, sorry. Love when he's talking to the kids. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I love when he's talking to the kids and then like the parents like, that's too expensive or we y'all don't have that. And he's yeah. like, oh, well, go here. Mm -hmm. And so I loved it in the first one. And I was like, that's really cute. And I, then I, I can't wait. I this can't is wait. why I freaked out. Okay. <laughs> I know exactly why. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the 
fuck? I had the same reaction. Allison Janney. Uh-huh. It made me so happy. Yep, what yep. a cool little cameo. I, I mean, loved it. 1994. I have no idea when the West Wing was on the air, but I'm pretty sure she was probably. I love the West Wing. God, I love the West Wing. <laughs> Uh, but I'm pretty sure she was probably well known at that point. Was she in the first season? She's in all of it. Yeah. Um, Western came out in '99, so five years later. Huh. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. But it just it was it made me very happy. I love her so much. Nice. Me too. And it was very nice to see her. Another person that it made me happy to see is Alvin Greenman, the guy that played the teenage janitor in the first one. Yeah. That talks to Santa. Mm-hmm. He plays the doorman in the remake. Oh, Like, he's the only one that's in both of them. I just thought that was sweet that the, he got to come back and yeah. be in the remake. Yeah. Because, like, I'm sure that the adult actors were all dead at that point. Yeah, especially Natalie Wood. That's not funny! <laughs> that someone died mysteriously? And the last thing I'm going to say is that this movie is ranked number nine on the AFI's... 100 most inspiring movies of all time list. Which one? Oh, the original. Oh, okay. Yeah, which movie? <laughs> what are we doing again? <laughs> a, a miracle on... Sesame Street. Sesame Street. That's it, that's it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's my favorite one. Miracle it's just, on Sesame Street. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you're finished, I just have some last minute um, tidbits. Edmund Gwynn is... Five five. What? I know. He's five foot five. Why did he not seem I mean, they must have shot him differently or they must have Tom cruised his ass. I don't know. Cause like I don't feel like I noticed that at all. Mm-hmm. I was surprised as well. I guess a lot of times he's like sitting down and stuff. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Macy's closed early so that employees could see the film, but they only got a half day off. Well, I guess they can't take a they can't close Macy's for a whole day. But they could. They could have. It shit came out in May. Yeah. The uh, original title for the first one was The Big Heart. And it even released in the UK under that name because they felt that like referencing New York was too big for British people to understand, you, I guess. Also, guess what they don't reference in that title? Christmas. Oh, yeah. Still, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? This is a Christmas movie about Santa Claus. That's so bizarre. Aliens made this movie, I'm telling you. They did. So for the remake, they used special lighting on the main characters by putting like a headlight above them. So it made like the top of their heads shiny, which if you look at clips of this, I saw a video that that talked about this that I'll link and it showed clips of it. Everyone's hair is so shiny that it just reflects off their hair. And I'm like, wow, that's um, I wish I had shiny hair. But also a strange idea. To do. What you said? That's that's. I wish that I had shiny hair, but that's also a very strange lighting technique. So actually, why what, did they do that? I, so I think it's it's it was a decision specifically because it was a Christmas movie. Believe it or not, even though they were the original trying to hide was not. Got yeah, it. but it also gave examples of how they do this in other movies. They showed some clips from Home Alone, and they do that too. And I think it's just to give people like this this glow about them during the holidays. I don't know, but, um, interesting. I wrote the note, oddly enough, a lot of Christmas movies from the nineties use the same trick. So pay attention when you watch them this year. So, um, look at you. That's really cool. Actually. I'm going to, I'm going to have to look at that. I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess there's nothing terrible about having, you know, a light on your face. I just, 
I'm thinking like being shot from above with lighting. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that would do to your shadows and stuff. I'll like, show you that. Like, it's not like nothing's, I don't know, underexposed or shadowed or overexposed or anything. Once we're done this, I'll, I'll show you. I mean, you I'm clip. sure they do it properly. They do. I, I know like what I'm thinking of. Is very much like that. Where were you on the night of June seventh? You know what I mean? <laughs> like interrogation. Yeah, and they, they like no, try the light over their no, head. They literally have a heat lamp that's just floating above their heads, and sometimes you can see it. And it's just, just in case they're cold. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's shot. You know, in the winter. Yeah, they changed the name of the male lead from the original. That's the only character's name that they changed. But they changed it to Bedford, which was a nod to the movie A Wonderful Life. Apparently there's like a Bedford Lake or something in that gotcha. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The deaf girl in the remake did not actually rehearse that scene and she did not know that Santa knew sign language. So when he did react to her, her Aww. reaction was genuine, which was so sweet and adorable. She was precious as well. Yeah, both the one that he speaks Dutch to. Yeah. In the first one, they're mm-hmm. both really cute, and mm-hmm. I loved both of those. Yeah, but that's all I got. It was sweet, but I, I'm not eager to watch either of them again. This episode is the take two where you say a whole lot, and I have to bleep it out. Oh, I still I really like a lot more than this movie. <laughs> and how did you feel? Um, I liked it less than when I originally saw it, but it's still it's a fine movie, I guess. I don't okay, know. great. So uh, we're not killing it this, <laughs> when it comes to these these holiday picks. I just think we got through the hard hitters first. Like we did Home Alone. Yeah, we did do Home Alone. We what did, else have we done? Um, what other Christmas movies have we? That's the Rocky only Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's the only- <laughs> Hi, Christmas friends! It's your favorite Christmas podcast host, Christmas Jordan. And I'm here to let you know that we are on social media sites and we're also available on email. If you want to contact us, you can reach out uh, at take3amp at gmail.com. Also, we're on Instagram at take3amp. And of course, as always, those are both the number three. This is your favorite Christmas podcast host, Jordan, signing out. Have a good one. Wait, I thought you were Jewish.